Hello all, this is Aaron Woglanter and this is Torah Game Changers, a podcast where I try to bring you some of the innovation that's being built out to further Torah ideas and to further Torah teaching online. Today I have with me a fascinating guest, Rab Schaumer. Rob, known as Rob Moshe on LinkedIn and Facebook, is a business coach of many years and he's trying to take that business, spiritual business mindset coaching to an online platform. He's trying to build out a platform called Tachlis, which we're going to get to in the episode. We're going to talk about what he's building, who he's building it for. Um, if you're interested in getting in touch with him, you can check the show notes and find him on LinkedIn. Message him, tell him you heard him on the pod, and he will be happy and energized and excited to talk to you. Today's episode is brought to you by Pesach Gourmet, PesachGourmet.com. Pesach Gourmet is offering $200 off your order for Pesach food to be delivered in Orlando or FedEx anywhere in the U.S. This is an awesome opportunity to get started and get prepared for Passover so you can do things that are important like listen to more podcasts and listen to more Around the Shabbos Table, which we have coming up another one by with Rabbi Yeshua Lif. That's the next episode that's going to drop this week. So stay tuned for that. Um, as always, check out intentionaljew.com for more podcasts on this pod and our other shows. Thanks for listening. And this is Torah Game Changers. Hello, Rob. Welcome to the show. I recently re- met uh, Rob Moshe Schaumer on LinkedIn, and he introduced me to a project he's working on and really introduced me to this mission, this vision, and um, some of the things he's encountered in his life. He's a professional business coach. He's a mentor for many years. And, and really the thing that stuck out to me was that Rob, Rob loves Hashem. And Rob loves what he does. And every day is exciting to him. And I thought that I could share that with you guys because that's on fire, as they say. If I would use an emoji to describe him, then I would use the fire emoji. And that's uh, uh, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to transition because I know that you've mentioned this before. So I'm going to transition and I'm going to call you Moshe. So if I if I do slip up, I'm sorry, but I'm going to refer to you as as Moshe here. Obviously, we came together and we started talking about, can you tell me, I know when we were talking, we were talking Tachlis, and that's a pun. You'll figure that out soon. But I want to, I want to speak to before Tachlis. Obviously, there's a, there's a man behind this uh, mission. Can you explain to me sort of who you are, wh- where, where your experience brought you up to here, to, to Tachlis, to this platform that we want to create? And, um, and what is it? What are we, what are we doing here? That's, that's, a, that's a heavy question. You know, as you were asking that question, my first one was like, I'm, I'm learning Vava Matia right now, right? The classic, when they asked Yona, right? Where was he from? You know, who are you? Where are you from? I'm Yisrael. I'm learning, right? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Torah. So, um, but Baruch Hashem, it's been a, a pretty a pretty wild journey. I I, I grew up um, I, I grew up not from. Actually, started off from not from. I always thought that I was going to become. I always believed in Hashem. I remember as a teenager, I would I would get into these great conversations with people on 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 which is is it right serving Hashem, not serving Hashem, and I wasn't observant at the time. But I was always pro. You know, I was always growing, and even though I wasn't from. I was still, I was still believed that that was the right pathway. I always thought when I got married, I was going to break the glass and be Shomer Shabbos. That was my plan. It started a little bit earlier. You know, I remember, I was still remember, I was in the basement of a of a of a of a mall in the parking lot, and and somebody, I was with a dear friend, 
and we were talking about Shabbos and I said, I can't keep Shabbos. And he said, you won't keep Shabbos. And I'm like, can't, won't, can't, won't. And I'm like, okay, makes sense. I'm keeping Shabbos now. And that Shabbos, I started keeping Shabbos. Um, but it's always been about growth, about understanding, human understanding, understanding myself, where I'm going. And, and Baruch Hashem, over the past 20 years, I've been involved in always that area and having those discussion and thinking those thoughts and Baruch Hashem, I probably, I have a call in, in Eretz Yisrael. And when I started my relationship with, with Rabbi Moskov in, in Eretz Yisrael, I remember talking to him and I said, I want to work on Amuna. So he said, go read Sifrei Breslov. I'm like, Rabbi Moskov, you're a, you're a Yeshiva Shagai. You're in the Haredi Velt, you're at Sefer. You're telling me to go to Breslov? He says, they have the license on Amuna. They wrote Svarim on it, right? Rabbi Nachman. That was his focus. So I said, okay, I'm going to go learn that. And I, I appreciated the power of the message. His bodedus, I started, you know, I would go on long hikes and just talk to Hashem. And as I'm talking to Hashem, I'm like, okay, I realize now what I got to do. Things aren't working in my life. I'm asking Hashem for so much. And I'm like, okay, well, Hashem, I'm not doing for you. Maybe I should do a little bit more and working on myself and growing and growing. Do you ever use that process? I just, I want to unpack that for a second. That's like a fascinating process where, the time off was always still connected. You still maybe was a conscious or, or just the consciousness of what was happening. But that's fascinating, that process of, of being on, focusing on something like Avodah Hashem coming off and then returning. Do you find that that process repeats itself in other, in other things of your life, that you have to take a chill, you have to relax in a certain focus and then come back to it? I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's so much a chill, but definitely we're, we're cyclical in life. And that's also why what I'm working on is, is so, I believe is so important because when we're by ourselves, we sometimes just get lost. We, the, you know, we go through a change and that change becomes the new normal. And we, we start to lose the power of it. We, you know, we, we, you know, you have those times when davening is great and learning is great. Your relationship is great. Your business is great. And then suddenly it starts to, it starts to weaken. It, you lose excitement. And then you hit that point when it in flat lines. And usually that flat line wakes you up. So definitely Hashem does us a chesed when we get stuck, right? Hashem, Hashem gives us the opportunities, the challenges he gives us in life are gifts. Why? Because we're losing our connection. We're losing our focus. We're losing, Hashem wants us to get to the finish line for ourselves. And when we do, he wakes us back up. And then that's when we have an opportunity to start thinking. So definitely when I use introspection more and I use the tools more and I hold myself accountable, accountable more, I definitely see a more sustained growth. But Baruch Hashem, even when I get lost along the way and I, I cool, not by myself, by choice, but I just cool, Hashem finds a way to wake me up again and then I can access these tools and go deep again and, and start to grow. Awesome. Yeah, I was I was watching one of your um, your Facebook videos and I saw that, that it, it came out very strong that you've, you've been there. You're doing this. You're constantly working on this. Your tips were very real. I'm very honest. And I, I really appreciated that in terms of like a business coach where you don't want to just sit with someone who's a great like thinker and you should do X, Y, and Z, but that's somebody who's really, um, who's really, who's really been there. So that's, that's fascinating. Okay. And then, and so that, that was something you realized in your own life. And then how did that translate into, you know, coaching and helping other people? So definitely the journey, once I, I got into coaching and I got into coaching because I love business and I love helping people and I have ADD. So as a business owner, I felt I was, I noticed I was constantly always wanting different and variety and new things. And I realized if I meld the two, I can get the best of both worlds. I love helping people. I love being involved in chesed. And now as a coach, I can also help people on their businesses. So in my journey in the beginning, 
I didn't even charge for coaching. Part of it was my own story, my own limiting beliefs. And the other was like, how can I charge somebody to help them? So I was busy helping a lot of people and, and trying to make a difference. And Baruch Hashem, at the time, I thought I was being helpful. Uh, I found out later, 10 years later, I actually reached out to so many of those people. And I found out that they did nothing because they weren't actually using the tools because they didn't invest in themselves. And that's when I started as a coach to start working on taking myself more seriously and realizing that Hashem gave me my koichas and I have value to offer, but I also started charging my clients. And when I did that, it was amazing. They started seeing transformation, that they invested in themselves. They valued themselves. They saw themselves as worthy and they started to show up that way. So that's where it helped in my coaching and, and really guiding my clients. I would, I would, my clients recognized me as a person that I always picked up the subtleties. I could hear the subtleties in their voice. I could pick up the words that they're saying and, and get that clear picture. Just recently happened, I was speaking with a, a guy and he was telling me what was going on in his life. And then I said, I just want to be, be sure I understand you. And I'm like, I, I gave him a sentence or two and he was, he was dumbfounded. He was like, you just summarized everything and you brought the reality to the surface that I didn't even tell you. And I'm like, Baruch Hashem, this is the kind of the Hashem gave me. So I, I try to apply it. And as well, I, during that time that we had talked about when we spoke, I was involved in men's teams for about 10 years. And in that space, I went through my own challenges, my own journey. I remember when I started there, I was so good at helping people and I was so good at hiding out. And for almost two years, I hid out on my team until they called me out and they brought me in to the circle, as it were. And at that point, it was this intense experience where, where I broke down crying. I was crying and it was an intense moment of me having to face myself. But from then, right, that night I got home and I was like, wow, I felt like a new person. It was a big shift. I'm like, wow, this stuff is so powerful. When we let down our masks, we let down our walls and we share and we, and we allow ourselves to be in a growth space, everything rockets. So that's really been so much of my journey. And in whatever I do now, I try to incorporate that energy. Like I make sure when I'm doing something, I feel authentic in it because I know if I'm not authentic, I'm not, I'm not building, I'm not growing, I'm not pushing. And when I'm working with clients, I, I want to make sure that I'm helping them in a way that's authentic to them and they're aware of what their authenticity is and that I can help them grow in that direction. And has it always been from Jews? You've always had a focus on your business coaching on with from religious Jews? It, ha it hasn't always been that way. It's, it's definitely shifted in that direction. Um, I always had a leaning more towards um, spiritual people. Even when I was working, there was a time when I had non-Jewish clients that I needed them to be spiritual because everything revolves for me around Hashem. When, I, when I'm speaking, when I'm talking, when I'm thinking, when, when I'm bringing out ideas, I'm drawing on the reality. As, as, as the Ramchal says, the, the purpose of man is Hashem. this is what we're here to, to connect, to connect to Hashem. And everything we do, ideally we want through that channel. So I needed clients that understood that because I needed to be authentic and I didn't want to get into philosophical discussions when I'm working with my clients. But definitely now it's evolved where where I'm focused on from clientele and, and primarily men that I work with with from men. And it's not that I Dafka want to exclude other people. It's just we all have our, our places of focus and we all have our strengths. And I have to serve, I have to decide what's gonna who I can best serve and who I'm gonna have the most energy that I get can get excited with when I'm serving them. Right. And just to talk to that, the spiritual people in business coaching, I, I, and I really, when we spoke, we, we touched on this and I really want to break it open because how do you see in your experience that let's say a non-spiritually focused person, uh, how would the coaching differ or what are the challenges sort of that they 
that they encounter that are harder to deal with if it's not spiritually focused? Right. So I think part of it has to do with balance, that there's there's different facets to, to who we are. And when we have that clarity, it shifts how we approach everything. When you don't have this spiritual component, right, when your balance is lacking spirituality, recognizing that there's a creator of the world and there's a master plan, so you're really just solo in the world, right? You're, you know, so, so that idea, you know, kids, when you know, we've, I've talked about this with my kids, they go to bed at night, they assume the world stops, right? <laughs> They're the center of the world. They go to sleep, everything stops, everything is here for them. And with that awareness, you're going out into a world and you're operating that way. So whatever drives you becomes your reality. You say, oh, this is the truth. It's for me. It's what I want. It's the outcome I want. It's for my benefit. It's very internal, very me-focused. So whatever you're focusing on becomes that driving. So when when you're focused on money in business, for example, right? I just want to amass wealth. I want to as well. You you don't really have a direction for that. There's no channel. It's 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 just a it's a void you have to keep on filling. A good friend of mine who's in the in the mental health space, addiction, he says when a person feels empty inside. They're trying to fill it, and it's a, it's an emptiness that's th- that's the size of God. Right? You can never fill that emptiness, and and I find when when you don't have that spiritual component, that you don't realize that there's a God in the world, everything that's driving you is filling that void, and it's never satiated, and you never can really achieve that balance. I think that's one of the big differences. Can you see that, like when you read people's posts about their like uh, accomplishments, let's say on LinkedIn, which is uh, very often that's what people talk about, is their great accomplishments but not bragging, humble brags, but you can, can you see that? Can you feel that right away? As soon as you read the post that this is a, almost like a person I would work with, or this is a spiritually focused person or not, or is it something much deeper? So I think, I think definitely I have to speak to a person, you know, definitely we, we can pick up the subtleties when we just notice how the language people use, right? The more we're, we're focused, you know, definitely an attention focused world, is is I wouldn't say is that does not mean that a person is not spiritually focused. I think more is is an awareness piece, and you see that in a person's words. One of the things that's definitely during this period of COVID that really had a shift on me is, as I mentioned, Rabbi Victor Miller's Atzal and all his teachings. Right, I started learning reading Torah of Victor, learning it two years before COVID, and that made a real impact. But one of the things that Rav Miller was very machshev, he placed a great importance on, was Chovas Levavos, right? The duties of the heart, and, and specifically Shar Bechina, the gate of reflection on recognizing Hashem's involvement and mastery and master design in the world. And when, when we have that lens, and for myself, that was a big shift, just recognizing Hashem in the world. Right? And I, I joke with people now, I joke, you know, but I'm also serious. I literally get excited about things like hinges and concrete and, and stenders. I, I was oranges, right? Rabbi Victor oranges. speaks about the oranges. That's like right. the oranges and the apple seed, but it's really anything. I was like thinking about soap the other day, dish soap, because I was speaking to somebody and, and the topic of dish soap came up. I was like, wow, you could just spend you know, a nice amount of time being amazed at dish soap. And what a creation that, that I should, right? It, it's bubbly, it's suddenly sudsy, but it's also slippery, but how is it slippery? But it makes your, dish is squeaky clean and that must be a purpose and the more you go through this process you start to be more conscious that there's a master planner there's a Hashem in the world that's guiding things and then your all your words your choices your actions start to be expressed through that lens through that filter and it does show up a little bit you definitely notice a greater authenticity 
when in the social spaces, when people are talking, but it's really when I get on the phone with a person. And sometimes I do have to ask the questions. Like I'll ask a person, what are you doing on a daily basis to mechazik yourself in Amuna? I want to check in. Are they really working on it? And if a person answers me, I daven three times a day, I say to them, that's like saying, I'm a, I, I'm a world fame. I want to be a world famous swimmer. How do I, how, how do I train? I go to competitions, right? The competition is not the training. The competition is the expression of what you've accomplished in your training. It's the same thing with davening. When you're building a relationship with Hashem, you throw up three times a day to the event. But what have you done beforehand to really set the stage to really show that you're working that muscle? So I definitely think it is much more that I speak to a person. I get it a sense in their voice and in their energy and in their excitement when we connect, when we relate to each other. And that, and that's what you've seen as part of the growth process is adding, using, tapping into this spiritual component of a person to help them in all areas of their life. Oh yeah. And, and it's so, and especially this idea of Bechina, I've noticed, I just, I just feel more settled. Um, I just actually, this morning, uh, um, after davening, I was telling somebody, I was reading in this book, Open Your Eyes and See by Rabbi Dov Kielsen. It's a commentary on on and Rav Miller's commentary. And, and he was talking about this idea that Rav Miller had a real connection to David HaMelech. And, he, and he, what did David HaMelech do? David HaMelech talked himself all day, right? The, it's not that we look at it as till and we say a capital a day, three capital a day, we finish it a month, we say it when somebody's sick. But David HaMelech was living his till every day. And, and he, he, he said, um, 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 he was saying on the on the pasuk, right? That that David, when he got in a tense situation, it was in a period when he was getting hammered from all sides. Instead of being stressful, what did he do? He reinforced himself. I got to return to my calmness. Nefesh. He taught, he spoke to his nefesh and he said, "Return to your composure." Why? Because that Hashem always takes care of you. He always shows compassion. Not in the future. Don't even worry about the future. You have proof from the past that Hashem is compassionate. So when a person uses that tool of saying and repeating over and over again, or they 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 look at Bechina and they're aware in the world, it shifts how they show up in the world. Their business becomes um, a, a relationship with Hashem, a, a journey of Avodah Hashem. It becomes Torah. It's part of their life. But they show up differently because they don't feel the pressures of, oh, that person said no, end of the world. Or they don't like my idea, end of the world. Or maybe I have to sneak an extra dollar in here and word it in a different way so I get the person. Or I have to cheat on my taxes here because they appreciate when they're so aware that Hashem's in the world, he's controlling everything, right? I'm going to deceive Hashem. Hashem's, Hashem is the person that not only is, is my business idea, he's my main business partner, he's my main marketer, he's my main closer, but he also pays me as well, right? He's involved in the entire process. I can show up when I have that. It sounds like a startup, your relationship with him. <laughs> no, that's the truth. Yeah, he's involved in every, when you realize that and when you're conscious of that, that's that's how you relate to it, of course. Right, and, and it transcends every aspect of life, right? When our, when, when in marriage, when we have conflicts and we look at that conflict, not as a reason to fight, but as a reason to grow. And what's the message for me? Right? And hold the mirror up to my, my myself. I remember years ago, it was great help for my marriage. I read Rabbi Arusha's book, Garden of Peace. And that message that I took out right away is, is stop trying to change your wife. It's you, right? If something happens, look back at yourself. And how do you have to change? How do you have to be more compassionate? And, and it, it was transformational. With my kids, when there's a conflict and, and my head screwed on properly, I'm like, 
what's it about me? It's not about them, right? Maybe it's about them that they have a pain right now and I have to listen to that pain and that's how they're expressing it. Or maybe it's about me that I'm not connecting to them, right? And I'm not expressing my love and I'm not being aware of the situation and Hashem is sending me this amazing gift to transform myself. And I think that power, when we draw on Chovos Levovos, Sharbechina Bitachon, it allows us really to transform every aspect of our life. Amazing. These are, these are concepts that, yeah, you've got to, you've got to live with. Um, and the calmness that it brings as well, which is what you're speaking to, that the manuchas and nefesh that one gets when he realizes that who's the boss and who's the, you know, who's, who's given him, who's given the paycheck and who's taking care of the marketing. And when you realize that at every step of the way, there's a, uh, an immense calmness that overcomes and, and just envelops you. So that's a, that's an important thing. So, uh, and I don't know how much of this you want to leave in, but so the, the the idea from what I'm understanding from you is that you want to take these ideas and these experiences that you've had and turn it into sort of for the masses. You want to help more people. I don't want to say masses, but you want to help more people and make it more um, available. And so if you could speak to the dream, tell me like, what do you, what do you want to happen? What do you see instead of the specifics of what, what you're trying, like what you're going to do? What's gonna? How are you gonna change everything? How are you gonna? How are you gonna make this available to everyone? Right. So I think it's it's it's, it's definitely it's a it's a tricky question in, in not sharing too much, and I might share a little bit bit extra. But I think really what what I feel within myself is that when we use the tools that Hashem has given us, right? We we look we're, we're always looking for success. I, I actually have a a background aside from coaching um, last uh, about two years ago now it is I got certified in NLP neurolinguistic programming and it's and it's basic is is it's the study of the mind and how to model and recreate excellence it's it's a kind you know some people say it's hypnosis on steroids where you can rapidly shift people's beliefs their awareness change habits you can in five minutes make somebody dislike something they like you can erase a memory which is really cool it doesn't actually go away but you can put it in the file of forgotten memories right there's amazing things what you could do because Hashem created this superpower brain that we haven't even tapped into it's so incredibly powerful so you know I, I remember somebody was telling me recently they did this study they when they noticed with people with multiple personality disorders in one personality they had diabetes and in the other personality, they didn't have diabetes, which means on a chemical level, their body changed. So it's amazing what the mind can do. And NLP is the study of that mind and how people do things and achieve things. So Hashem gave us this incredible guidebook, this rule book, this, right, the instruction manual. It's, it's not only the instruction manual, it's the troubleshooting guide. I think people forget about that time. When things are not working, we'll say, you know, that's what we do when our, our things don't work. We open up the troubleshooting guide and figure out why it's not working. There's the Q&A section. There's the FAQs, right? It's all in there. And we use a lot of it. But I think some of the things have fallen to the wayside. You know, a perfect example is when you look at something like Chavos Olavavos, I've been reading the introduction to it now in, in Ora Vigdor. He talks about the idea that the Chavos Olavavos actually stepped up to the plate and brought something out that wasn't prevalent at that time. Nobody was talking about the mitzvah of thought, right? He looked everywhere and it was not discussed. And he actually was challenged with it, saying, maybe I shouldn't discuss this. Maybe it's just the Yitzhahara that's like, you know, pushing me and my ego, because if nobody's discussing this, why should I, you know, maybe it's just not necessary 2000 years later, 3000 years later. But what he realized was this is, this is my 
role. This is what I have to do. Step up the plate. Rev Miller talks about even the Rambam in his time. He was controversial because he brought out a commentary on the Torah and he put in punctuation. <gasps> punctuation, right? He, he put titles, right? He was making things like the secular books of the time. And he, but he felt there was a need and he stepped up to the plate and he brought that in. And I really think that we have such amazing tools out there. Hashem gave us such amazing pathways, but we're not using them to the best that we can. We use some things. And, and a lot of it is because we are ruggled to them. We're, we're habituated to them. If, if it wasn't for doubling three times a day and the, and the kvias, the fixed aspect of shachras min chamarev, I think most of us would not be doubling right now. Some of us would find our pathway to express once in a while, but Hashem created this structure where there's the, those repetitive things, but there's those things that we have to stop and we have to think and we have to wonder what we want and wonder where we are and wonder where we want to go to. And then we have to say, how, how am I going to do that? And then we have to ask the Rebbeinu you know, check out the book. You know, is there a chapter on that? Is there a pathway to that? And I've discovered in my journey, there's so many amazing tools that, that we could use. And that was part of the thing that drew me into becoming a coach, right? The idea of a chaver, kanela chaver, right? Yes, that's, a, that's such a powerful idea, right? Chazal were telling us, Rav Noah Weinberg Zatzal said, Pirkei Avos is halacha lemaisa, right? These are not just cute suggestions, like, look at it, ooh, I like that, right? Only on Pesach, right? Between Pesach and Shavuos, we open up this Sefer. Again, Chazal were brilliant. They're like, if we don't do that, they're never going to open it up. Let's get them to at least open it for seven weeks a year and actually get, maybe they'll get something out of it. But really, it's a life book. If you open that up and you take one mission at a time and say, wow, what's the wisdom I can take out of this, the transformation, and you apply it, it's a blow away. So for me, right? when I looked at it, coaching is great, but coaching has to be in Torah. And there it is. This is a pathway for success. It's an amazing tool, but we think we have to go it alone, but really we shouldn't. And the same thing with things like avoda, right? How do you get a success in life? You have to do consistent actions over and over again. You have to find an avoda. Rav Miller was so big on it. Find something, a small step. He says 30 seconds. If you would think about olam for 30 seconds a day or a karas tov, right? For everybody listening, I'll give you a challenge. Take 30 seconds a day and think about how awesome your mother is. Wow, during this time, COVID, right? When, when, when at the beginning of COVID, when all the elderly people were leaving the world, I started taking a message. Maybe Hashem is saying we're not appreciating the elderly enough, our parents. And I upped my game. I started making an avoda of being in contact more with my mother and building a relationship. I, I called her up last, uh, a few months ago and I, I, I apologized to her. I said, mommy, I said, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're a little bit bored. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, we haven't had a, a conflict Baruch Hashem in over a year and a half. And she's like, no, I love it, right? And we speak more now than we used to, right? So it's, it's stopping, it's thinking, it's saying, where do I want to go? And then finding the gift that Hashem gave us because there's a tool there. And that's really what I'm trying to create in this space. We have this idea of community. We were never meant to go at it alone. It's when we come together that we're so powerful, when we're echad, when we're working together, when we're focused not just on you know, trying to change everybody and trying to say you're better, my way's better than you're better. But when we appreciate that we have a pathway and there's a pathway to do it and we do it together and we come together and we incorporate these powerful tools, where we can, where we can, what we can achieve and where we can go to is unbelievable. And this is what I'm hoping to, to, to develop and grow in this space where I'm hoping nervously and I am scared, right? Wow, this is a lot of responsibility. What if it doesn't work? What if I don't serve people, right? But I want to, I feel it's a need and I want to step up to the plate and say, this is an opportunity where we can really grow and, and, and really hit our stride. 
So it's it's going to be a platform. We could say that it's going to be some sort of online platform that will help um, accentuate and bring out this idea of chaver and avoda of constant work and doing it with in a, in some sort of group. But what are this is an interesting question? I think if I may say so myself. But what are what are things? What are powerful tools online that you've seen that you would want to translate or at least adapt um, and use? Is it the social media posts, the video, the audio? You know. I don't know if you've seen this clubhouse thing. It's, it was a fascinating process where they took something that's working well and something else that's working well. They took audio and social media, put it together and made a baby and then came clubhouse and they added in, you know, uh, exclusive exclusivity and on, on many fronts. And that was part of its success, but it's sort of taking bits and pieces from different places. So that's, that's sort of where my head is in clubhouse because it's a very audio podcast centric kind of thing. So I'm curious what, like if there are tools out there that are, that are available, maybe you use that you can, you'd be able or want to use for this. Right. So I, I think definitely right now I do appreciate in my, my journey of growth and, and learning and being involved in programs. I always found value to, the social spaces, especially these private groups that they have. So there's definitely that component is useful. The downside is that the spaces are fraught with so many other challenges and problems that can really bring a person down, right? That the whole, you know, at the end of the day, and I think it's very interesting if you look through history, so much of what has been created has been created from, you know, I I guess the, 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 I was about to say the dregs of society, but that's not what it is. It's it's the desire to gain wealth driven by the human needs of their taivas, right? You know, they say about Las Vegas, seven sins, one convenient location, right? Like it's it's driven, it's driven, person wants to amass wealth. What's the best way to amass wealth is trigger a person's desires for fulfillment, ego, whatever it might be. And monet, you know, how can we monetize this? And when you look through history, like things like the video industry was started by that. The audio industry, everything has its roots in we want to make money, right? Yes, I'm not saying that there are not altruistic people out there, but very often there's a need to amass wealth. And that brings it into the space, right? TV, you look at TV today, they say if you would have brought out TV as it is today, 75 years ago, everybody would have thrown their TVs out. Nobody would have a TV today, but it didn't come in that way. It came in more subtle and now it's here, but we do use it in powerful ways, right? And I believe that everything can have that channel. Sometimes it has to be taken completely out of the space. So when you look at at a space like Facebook and LinkedIn and Pinterest and Instagram, these can be amazing tools, but as they are right now, can also be very dangerous, right? So we have to be able to take those. So I do like that idea of social networks, right? And and Baruch Hashem, if you look, there's, you know, people are always creating things. You can find things that are are like LinkedIn and Facebook, but completely disconnected and private, right? That are like Clubhouse, but are completely disconnected. So I like many of these ideas. It just always gets tricky when it's a free-for-all, right? So, you know, people, WhatsApp. WhatsApp has been a very useful tool, it seems, for from people. They use it a lot. But then Telegram, everybody's saying, let's go to Telegram. But then people are saying, no, no, Telegram's no good. Why? Because it's a free-for-all there. Anybody can find you. You can stumble upon people. It gets dangerous. So things like Telegram. So so the social networks can be powerful. Zoom, right? Wow, this has opened up a world for us during COVID, right? That we're able to interact and we're able to see each other, right? Amazing tool. So I'm always looking for things. I'm always 
tweaking and, and searching around. But for me right now, as I've told people, even with this platform, it's just a medium. It could change in six months to a year. I'm, I'm so to speak, I, I said to one person that's involved with this, who's a brilliant tech guy, I said, it's sort of like me going to Home Depot right now and I'm taking things off the shelf and I'm building my prototype and it's a little bit clunky. We'll see how it goes, but eventually we might build something new and totally unique, just taking all the, the, the what's out there. And I think that's what how we're supposed to use these tools. When you come across something, you have to ask yourself, and again, it goes back to thought, we have to stop for a second, right? Take a deep breath and, and not be afraid of the silence and say, here's an interesting tool. Is it going to make me better? Is it going to bring me closer to Hashem? Is it going to help me build a better relationship with my wife, with my children, with myself, with my health, with the Rabbi Shalom? Is it a powerful tool or is it just a distraction, right? And you have to weigh that out. And if it is a useful tool, then put up the fences and the awareness and, and the reminder so you use it right. But if it's not, have the courage to say, okay, I don't want to do this. So that's what I'm doing right now too. I'm looking out there. Like I said, the social networks are cool. The, 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 the webinar spaces, the membership spaces, you know, they're all very powerful tools. We just have to be sure to use them right. Right. That's, that's the, uh, that's the goal of, of really this series that I'm in, I'm in love with. And I think it's awesome. And I loved your answer also the, the internet, yes, it has many problems with it, but we need to focus on what's good and take those out and maybe disconnect them from the bad. That's fine. But find what's good and use that in such a beautiful way, if I may say so. I may give that, that bracha to you because I think that this, it's so focused. It's it's not focused and driven by kina, taiva, and kavod. It's not driven by by money. The, the, the platform and the idea, even the monetization of it is only to grow and to help people grow. I think that's an awesome... Uh, an awesome endeavor. And I'm, I'm happy to, to have been called and been involved. So that's a, it's a really big, this is a big deal. This is a big thing. And I'm sorry to the listeners if we're not giving as many details of what it actually is. It's in the, it's as, as Moshe said, it's growing. It's, it's not even in the, it's sort of in the prototype stage and it's getting, but um, it's really the energy and the energy and the mission if you see this mission, you see this vision, you see like what's what's happening, you sort of relate to the problem that that young, old, I, I sort of want to bring that back to you, Moshe. What do you, like, who, who is Tachlis for? And I want so, you to. So, so I, as, I, as I, in the postings that I've been doing, um, you know, I, tell, I say it's a growth-driven platform. It's a, it's a, it's a platform for growth-driven from it. Right? And, and I've had some conversations, thank God already, Baruch Hashem, there's over 80 men that want to be part of the founding members of this platform. And my goal was 100 men. So wow. it's still 100 men. So Baruch Hashem, we're really, we're really coming along. And it's amazing that I've been very strict in my approach that, that I'm, I'm not giving anybody any information unless they speak to, to, to me personally. And, and today I'm, I'm using this as like a little bit of a cheat in the sense that, that we're speaking, we're in a live conversation, which part of my reasoning is because for me, it's important to, to be able to, to refine and, and, and work on expressing myself. When I started off the first conversation I had, I was a little bit nervous or a lot nervous and I've gotten more comfortable and more, and my energy is allowed to surface because I've gotten comfortable with what I'm saying. So now more of my inner self comes out. Um, but when I do speak to people, they hear in my voice that I'm more of a yeshivish guy. And, and, and some people have said to me, I don't, I like what you're doing, Moshe, but I don't know if I'm your kind of from it. And I asked them, I say, I spoke to one guy and I said, are you Shomer Shabbos? And he said, he said, yeah, but sometimes I turn on the lights. And I said, what about kosher? 
And he said, yeah, but sometimes when I go out, I eat a salad. And I said, Taras Mishpacha? And he said, yes. I said, are you growth oriented? He said, yes. I said, do you want to stay where you're at? Or do you hope down the road to, to keep Shabbos Kilchasa and, and, and Kashas Kilchasa according to the law, according to Hashem's will? And he says, yeah, of course. I said, you're my kind of from, right? It's not about how you're dressed. You know? And we really, we ha- I have guys that are totally starting or modern all the way to Haredi and Williamsburg. It's an amazing spectrum and ages. Now, somebody just recommended that I should, you know, an 18 year old that they think that would love this. And I was like, okay, sure, let's see. And people that are in their seventies, the, the common theme is, is people that are really focused on growth, appreciating that they don't want to go to it alone in this world. It's not our job to go it alone in this world, that we need to be together. And I, I don't know if I touched on it before, but this idea that I've really discovered it in, in my journey is that we're all wearing a mask. We put on these masks of Parnassa, my business is great, my marriage is great, my parenting, my health, my relationship with Hashem, and we're in massive pain inside. And we think that we have to go at it alone and we try to solve it alone and it doesn't work. We do, we medicate, right? Because that helps us at least hide out. We get busy with all these technologies, right? That's one of the things you know if you're, if, you know, maybe you're a little bit not on track is if you find you're never stopping to think because you can't grow if you don't think. And when we get into that zone of not thinking and putting on our masks and, and, and trying to mask the pain, what do we do? We, we medicate, we, we alcohol, we get lost in, in internet, we get lost in our businesses, our learning, we get busy, busy, busy. So really what I'm, this is a space for guys that don't want that anymore. And what's amazing is that over 80 people that have, have signed up already, I wanna be friends with all of them. I already feel like they're my friends. I felt that same way. I felt that same way. I was like, of course, if I can get an hour of talk with you, get you on a podcast, let's do another one. <laughs> right. It really feels like we've we've been connected for years. Like, I feel like we're kindred spirits, right? That idea that our neshamas are connected, right? We're, we're on a path, a similar path, and that's what it is. If a person listens to this podcast and it resonates with them, Right. And they and they and they just feel that, right? That I don't want to be alone. I want to be part of a powerful community that's really going to make change. We're going to change, we're going to change the world. We're going to work on ourselves. Right? Like the Chafetz Chaim said, he realized he could change the world once he changed himself. And when he changed himself, the whole world changed. And I believe the same thing too. If we create this space where we're working on whatever area of life, we want to be more successful in business, we want to get clients, we want to build relationships, all these amazing things. But at the same time, we're building ourselves. What's naturally going to happen is, I said it on one of my posts, right? We've been so busy being the shadow, it's time to be the light, right? The world is telling us how to be, how to show up, and we're we're being the shadow. We're we're mimicking that. But our job here is to be the light. And when we work on ourselves, we clear out that, off that chaff, we wipe off that dirt, suddenly we become the light. We start to shine, and then we really do change the world. And then we're amazing is how our life changes, our relationship changes, our pranasa, how we don't feel harried and rushed every time we feel settled and calm. This is, this is, these are the type of people that are going to get attracted to this space. And when they do, not only are they going to benefit, but they're going to, they're going to enjoy, enjoy becoming leaders because that's what the space is going to create as well. Powerful leaders that make a difference in the world. So if someone's listening, when someone's listening and they, uh, and they, they buy into this vision, they hear it, they see it, they see themselves and they relate to this growth oriented person um, where can they find you? Where can they reach you? So right now, if you're if you're on if you're on Facebook, then you can find me, Rob. You know my 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 profile name is Rob Moshe. 
right? If you can't, I'll link to the profiles. I'll link to, I'll link to your profiles in the, um, in the show notes. So if you want to find it, just find me on, 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 on Facebook or LinkedIn. We we are right now. I, I, I am limiting the startup numbers that we have, you know, I'm a businessman. So I, I understand the idea of, of, of groups and, and different levels. So our founding, our founding members, there's going to be a lot of benefits for them, but I am going to be capping it at around 100. And then we're going to have a little bit more of a space, some additional value for another 50 people. And then for the, another 50 people, but at 200 people, the doors are closed for three months. We're not letting, because I really want to, to create value for our members. And as I've been telling my members, when the doors close, on after we open up for the first time, the plat, the door is going to close on the platform, and we're not nobody else is coming into the space, and it's three months of really focusing on serving our our members and putting all my energy into helping my members get what they need, but also to get the feedback. So when we do open the doors again, this is again a powerful place that's built by the members that is going to really serve whoever comes in afterwards. So if you are interested, check out those links. Find me on Facebook. Find me on LinkedIn. Say, Moshe, I want to get on a call together and I'll, I'll send you my booking calendar and we'll have a conversation. And, and, it, and if we don't connect now, then God willing, five months from now, when we open up the doors again, you'll, you'll get to hear about it as well. And, and hopefully you'll re- somebody will connect with you that will be able to tell you about it. Amazing. Terrific. Okay, so there you have it, folks. If you need to find them, you can find them in the show notes. You can find them on LinkedIn, um, Rob Moshe, and you'll see his... Uh, all right, you won't see the face because it's not on video, but you'll um, you'll be able to see him and you'll feel the energy from the profile. That's the truth. And uh, reach out to him and hopefully you'll be able to be involved in this wonderful uh, initiative and project. So thank you for joining us, Rob. Rob Moshe. Thank you for creating this amazing space and uh, some great wisdom to the service. So it's not just me, but it's us together doing this. So thank you so much. Okay, Baruch Hashem. Thank you for listening, y'all, and stay tuned again this week for another awesome episode of Around the Shabbos Table. My father and I sit down with my uncle, my father's brother-in-law, Rabbi Yeshua Lif, for some amazing stories and insights into um, his connection with the previous generation and how he used that to shape the next generation of his students and of Torah scholars. It's really a fascinating discussion, and I hope you join us on Around the Shabbos Table.